Hello and welcome to One Star Bazaar. We review the movies critics hated in search of the unfairly underrated. This week we review the Netflix original Six Underground, which was directed by Michael Bay, written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, released December 13th, 2019, starring Ryan Reynolds, Melanie Laurent, Manuel Garcia Rolfo, and Ben Hardy. The synopsis we have is six individuals from all around the globe, each the very best at what they do, have been chosen not only for their skill, but for a unique desire to delete their pasts to change the future. Can I just point out how weird it is that Ben Hardy is listed over Corey Hawkins, who I think is more famous? I don't even know who that is. He was in Australia Compton. Whatever. <laughs> this movie has a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 41% on Metacritic. Just, just barely. Barely too high. But. Liked by 88% of Google users. And for some uh, of our critical views, Barry Hertz of Globe and Mail said, Six Underground is a riotous and gleefully delirious assault on the senses. It is vulgar. It is absurd, and it is completely enthralling. Robert Levin from Newsday said, This is a terrible action movie that utilizes Michael Bay's worst instincts and none of his best. Ouch. Peter <laughs> De Bruges of Variety said, If you can get past the imbecilic script, there's no question that Bay has seized the opportunity to make Six Underground as visually stunning as such a project can withstand. So mixed, mixed reviews there, <laughs> which did kind of seem to be the overall tone, what critics had to say. There was a lot of hate, um, a decent amount of love, and everyone else was kind of in the middle. <laughs> Let's talk about acting. So before we get into everyone else, I want to ask you, does Ryan Reynolds suffer from the Will Smith problem? You know, I actually felt that during this movie. He kind of does. <laughs> I don't necessarily think he always does. I'm trying to think now, like, what movies. So I've he's seen been in some, in. like, indie movies uh -huh. where he definitely does not have the the Ryan Reynolds, like. Basically, where it's like he's Deadpool. Persona. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, at this point, he's just Deadpool. So, yes, in this movie, he's being Deadpool. <laughs> like, he's snarky, he's funny, he's charming. Um, in a really douchey kind of Ryan Reynolds way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he definitely, he definitely has that Deadpool snark in this film. Yeah. Um, the thing is, he's just so damn charming and charismatic. Like, I love it. Like, that's the thing. I don't even, I didn't even realize until just now realizing it that I like Ryan Reynolds that much, but it just works. I think... <laughs> And I think it works. Like, Will Smith has the same kind of thing, or at least had. I mean, I don't know what he's even been in. You just, you like him. He just has charm. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, I'm I'm with this guy, you know? Last time around, we did Hellboy, and my biggest criticism of that was how David Harbour's interpretation of the character had none of that. <laughs> so, like, here's a perfect example of the opposite. Like, he definitely has that. And I have to imagine you could give him a terrible script and he's still going to give you 
a, a funny and charming interpretation of a character like this. Yeah. Right? So, it's like Harrison Ford, you know? I feel like nobody thinks that George Lucas did a really great job writing the script for Star Wars. And there's stories, you know, that came out over the years where, um, especially Harrison Ford was just like, yeah, I'm not saying that line. That's stupid. Like, it's badly <laughs> written. I'm not saying it like that. And, you know, Harrison Ford is the same kind of thing. He's just so cool that you're just like, yeah, like, yeah, he can have a dumb line. He's just <laughs> going to make it still awesome, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I think Ryan Reynolds has that. What and about the rest of the cast? I thought that everyone else did a did a good job. I, like, nobody took away from the movie for me. Okay, so this film, uh, for a little context... You basically have, it's called Six Underground, because you essentially have this um, kind of spy team of six people who have, if they're going to be on the team, they have to essentially fake their death, cut all ties to their past life, and commit to, you know, the greater, the, good. <laughs> the greater good and the team, right? We get some degree of backstory or at least like how Ryan Reynolds kind of recruited all of them except, except one, one. <laughs> does it bother you that that's the case you know it's funny is I'm trying to remember there was another movie we did on this podcast where we had the same thing like we got everyone else's backstory oh it was an as above so below so we got like most of the people's backstory about what their fear was or uh -huh. what the reason that they were damned was or whatever right and not two of them, we did it. So yeah, <laughs> it's like, what's the point of this? Right. Um, but yeah, so we we did miss out on a little bit of the backstory of some of them, which is a story problem. But acting-wise, I felt that everybody was totally fine by you. Yeah, I don't... Nothing really stuck out to me. I mean, I feel like on this podcast, we're generally not super critical of acting... Okay. Unless it's just so obvious. No, it is. We, we've seen no. enough movies where the acting is the problem. <laughs> no, I know. For sure. And like, but I'm the kind of person, I can always generally put things in context and make it relative. Yeah. So like when we watched Alien versus Predator Resurrection, where... <clears throat> Aliens versus or, Predator or Requiem. Requiem. Whatever. Okay. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start over. So when oh we no, watched, I'm leaving you no. <laughs> no, you're not. I will ruin. Okay. So when we watched AVP Requiem, the entire cast of that movie is like CW Final Destination level like actors, you know? Sure. None of them are A-listers or even B-listers in Hollywood. They're not at all recognizable. And so when <laughs> acting is bad, you're like, yeah, what do you expect? Like, look who's in this movie. Like, it's it's... It's punching down too much to say how the acting is terrible because you're like, yeah, like it's like telling a kid that, you know, their drawing of a kitty doesn't measure up to actual art. You know, yeah. you're like, yeah, well, considering you're six and I can tell that's a kitty, good job, kid, <laughs> you know? So acting isn't really the problem with this movie. Um, oh, so there's a problem with this I'm movie. I'm not saying that there is a problem with this movie. <laughs> So let's I'm get saying in. the critics think there's a problem yeah. with this movie. So let's get into the story a bit. So it has sort of a Ocean's Eleven-y... Okay. In, in, in the way that... That's what you think. I'm going to make a very different 
analogy. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that's what it is because you don't okay. know what their end goal is. Sure. You don't know how they're going to pull off what they're planning to pull okay. off, and the way they pull it off is surprising. That's why I'm calling it an Ocean's Eleven-y sort of thing. I guess. I feel like the problem with that analogy is Ocean's Eleven usually... Maybe this is just Steven Soderbergh's films because Logan Lucky is the same thing. They pull off the thing and then it shows after the fact how they did it. And yeah. That, that movie, that doesn't happen with this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's true. This one is like, no, this is happening in like real time. This movie <laughs> is, okay, so a few weeks ago we did Spencer Confidential and I made the argument that that movie is kind of like a knockoff Jack Reacher yeah. type of movie and I have no problem with that. This movie is literally a Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> like, it's a knockoff Mission Impossible movie, and yet, I don't know why people would say this movie's so bad. Like, <laughs> okay, so circling back to the acting, replace all of these actors with people who are in Mission Impossible films. So now, instead of Ryan Reynolds, you have Tom Cruise. Instead of the French chick here... You have Rebecca Ferguson, is that her name? Sure. Well, here's what I'll say. With a movie like that, you don't need a huge, like, ensemble cast. Mm -hmm. Like, the uh, you have your main character, and then the other people can be whoever. Like, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, but I want to talk about the story in this movie. Okay. So we kind of mentioned how it's vaguely Mission Impossible-y. It's exactly Ocean's Eleven-y. Do you think... And the movie, the movie doesn't do that thing where it kind of jumps around a lot. Like, we get the, the backstory, but for the most part, it's fairly linear. I mean, it's linear once they've explained who all the characters are, yes. Yeah. I was almost expecting for it to have, like, a weird, uh, somehow they're all connected kind of thing at the beginning. And then, yeah. of course, it was a totally different movie from that. And so I was like, yeah. oh, never mind. Like, that's not... I was actually, it was kind of refreshing that there wasn't some kind of weird, dumb, like, twist. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, snap. I mean, you do kind of... You mean like this terrible, scary, uh, suspenseful movie I watched where these three people were trapped in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and it turned out at the end that they were all dead and or dying and one was the other, there were three of them and one was the mom, one was the daughter, and one was that daughter's kid? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But there was none of that crap. <laughs> um, but also just from like a, like a, do we want to say from like a heist movie standpoint? Except the thing that they're heisting is a country. I mean, <laughs> aren't, um, don't it, Mission Impossible movies kind of have a heist yeah. component? No. So what I'm saying is like for a heist movie, it has a good heist movie story. You know, like it's, it's typical, but it's not like. There's nothing bad about the story, I thought. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. This is literally... Like, okay, let me finish my point. <laughs> okay. Replace all of the characters with characters we know from Mission Impossible. Uh-huh. Take almost the same script and tweak things. Yeah, maybe instead of doing it this way, we're going to have Tom Cruise with a mask and he's pretending to be somewhere. Maybe Simon Pegg is going to do some kind of weird like, robotic thing, whatever, instead of this person going in and killing people. Um, this movie certainly had more, like, murder. They do kill so many people <clears throat> in this movie. <laughs> but if you literally just made the Mission Impossible crew 
have this sort of a mission in a movie, would critics hate that movie? I mean, I feel like critics have been less forgiving or less excited about Mission Impossible movies now that they're veering towards the popcorn movie genre. Like, I feel like Mission Impossible movies are less, like, they're trying to be less like James Bond and more like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so Mission Impossible Fallout has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. JK. <laughs> Rogue Nation has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ghost Protocol <laughs> has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I disagree highly, okay? Um, I think, if anything, Mission Impossible hit kind of a lull with 2 and 3. Yeah. And then just decided to steer into the ridiculousness. And that's when people, were, even critics, were like, yeah, I'm on board. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I don't un understand really why critics hate this movie. I honestly don't. It has all of the same trappings. Like, I guess I would have to dive in and just read a bunch of critical reviews. Or go on Reddit and just see what people think. Because maybe, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Maybe so... the consensus from movie lovers and snobby people is that this movie sucks and Mission Impossible is cool. But I just... And I'm not saying they're the same. And I'm certainly not saying this is... I think this is a knockoff of... Like, it is kind of the cheap junk version yeah. of Mission Impossible. And it definitely is a Michael Bay film. Yeah. This is so... like Within the first, like, five minutes of the movie, so many cars explode. In the, okay, <laughs> in the exact same way that this is a Mission Impossible movie, like... In the rest of it that's not Mission Impossible is very, like, Bad Boys too. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so... Where I'm like, yeah, I could definitely see this being an action sequence just straight out of a Bad Boys film. Yeah. But I don't... I mean, I don't think that's bad. I think that's what makes it so engaging. Like, you're watching these crazy car chases and these crazy action sequences and, heck, a crazy, like, parkour chase scene and... It's entertaining to watch. It's fun. I the movie is engaging and I don't think I don't think there in this movie there's such a thing as too many explosions or too much action because it's paired so well with the story of the characters and you know, it's not things just aren't exploding just for fun. It's they're exploding because they need to be exploding. Uh -huh. <laughs> so since we both seem to agree that this movie does many things well, I'm going to flip it a little bit and ask you what it does poorly, if anything. Sorry. I'm just perusing Reddit where some guy says this is the worst movie of the year. And ironically, someone else says, oh, you haven't seen Hellboy yet. <laughs> and we just watched that last week. Um, and, I mean, not many movies have come out this year. Like, Well, this is last year, barely. right? December. Like, what I mean, it? it was better than or Cats. Was like, did they even see Cats? Which, by the way, I don't think I mentioned this so far. We've been gone for a while. But I totally predicted Cats was going to win the Razzie for best, for worst picture. Best worst picture. <laughs> and it did. Nice. So... Good job. I'm taking credit for that. Release the um, butthole cut. 
I guess reading this guy's comment really briefly. Um, Which, by the way, this is just some random person. Oh no, for sure. I'm just, on the internet, no, but this that's is not a film critic. That's what I'm curious about is just what normal people. This who, is one of the 22 percent right. of Google users who did not like it. Or 12 per. I can do sure. math. 12 percent of Google well, users and, who and, did not like it. And you know, Reddit. People who post on our slash movies on Reddit, I think they're a little snobbier than your average yeah. person. Um, he says Ryan Reynolds is unlikable, his character. Like, he, he's no. arrogant no. and douchey. And That's what makes him likable. <laughs> um, I mean, there's certainly some nonsensicalness going on. But you can say that about Fast and the Furious movies, and those make billions of dollars. And, I, I mean, for the most part, critics like that even though they're insane um yeah it's just kind of a fun movie to watch there's it's got action it's got heart it's got you know it has that little avengers moment of like oh do they have any family you know and it's like yeah us like we're the family then it's the boss being like we're not family! Get out of here! And then at the end of the movie, it's like, oh yeah, no, we are family. You guys are great. So you're saying it was a little too sappy? No! Are you I like that. that. You like that it was too sappy. Okay. I like that it has, like, that's what I'm saying, like, it has heart, it has, like, evolution of the characters. You know, they go from, like, no, we can't form attachments to each other, like, we're, we're, like, the, we're just gonna disavow each other if one of us gets caught, we're gonna leave you for dead. And then it's like, oh no, we're gonna have a change of heart. Yeah, well, I didn't really. That didn't do anything for me. Did it I'm not, not saying that I was <laughs> mad about that, but I was just like, who cares? Okay, so maybe one thing that I could say that this movie does poorly, or is a weakness of this movie, mm -hmm. going back to Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible or Fast and Furious, whatever. When you have an established franchise, that automatically makes it easier to get into your story. It's the same argument for why I've said that a movie like Bright would be better as a TV show. You already have your world building done by the time you get into the meat and the potatoes of the conflict and the story. Right. right. So, because Mission Impossible is on their like seventh or eighth movie or whatever at this point, because Fast and the Furious is on nine... Nine hasn't come out yet. But Eight they're on the they're on nine. Yeah. That is the next one that is slated to come out. Which who would have thought that the Furious would want to be like yeah, ten movies when we were in high school? Be yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That like race racer that car racing car racing movie. version of Point Break. Yeah. Okay. Because we've already established who Rebecca Ferguson is, and you know, Bing Rames, we don't have to give their backstory. This movie felt really long. Did it? I thought so, yeah. Like, I think there was a point where we had to pause it for something, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god, we're only like one-third of the way into this movie. It feels <laughs> like, like, this movie is like 2020. It's like, this movie is the longest <laughs> year of my life, you know? <laughs> so, that is a weakness, I think. And it's an unfortunate weakness that movies like this, I think, just suffer from. Because on the one hand, you do want to have good character development. But at the same time, you don't necessarily want to spend and bog down your whole movie, like, 
wasting, you know, just giving us all this backstory if we don't need it. In fact, to uh, kind of, to your point about this movie reminding you of Ocean's Eleven, I think Ocean's Eleven is a perfect example of doing a good job of introducing this vast crew, but not bogging down and being like, oh, here's this guy. They, you know, you have a little bit of voiceover of Brad Pitt being like, oh, yeah, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, his, you know... His old man went to prison, and then this happened, and blah, 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 and now he's living out in Las Vegas, you know, underground and something. And then they, like, knock on his door, and he's like, how'd you guys get, you know, find me here in Las Vegas? And it, that's all you need to know. Yeah. We we get the Cliff Notes version, and it's enough to be like, yeah, that's who this guy yeah. is. And well, then they recruit him. I mean, in this story, I don't feel like we had too much backstory, you know? Like, I still feel like the moments that we did get of these people's past were either important to the story or um they they weren't like to the story well the french chick yeah okay um but i mean even the was it that's how they get the guy the brother did it matter that she had a connection to the brother i guess not no so in that case we actually didn't need to know that whole (laughs) okay well, anyway, I didn't feel that it was, like, I didn't think it took away from the movie. Like, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, I'm just, again, you're asking me, like, what weaknesses yeah. I could find. <laughs> I <True>. would say <laughs> you could do a lot of editing and rewriting and kind of consolidating the first probably 40 minutes of this movie. Well, and you know what? Even with the backstories, I guess, they could have just... There's, there's a moment in the movie, which this is not a spoiler. Um, it's within the first, like, 15 minutes. Um, where they introduce the characters by, like, their... their num- they're referred to by numbers. Like, they don't know each other's real names. There's, like, one through six or something. And um, so it's like, oh, yeah, number four, she's, like, the spy. Or this one's, like, the doctor. And then Ryan Reynolds has a line where it's like, you really think that she's a doctor and she's a spy? Like, they're just, we all just have these names, you know? And that could have just been the portion of the backstory. Like, maybe in, like, oh, an Ocean's Eleven, sure. no, and maybe in, like, an Ocean's <laughs> Eleven sort of scenario where, like, you really don't need to know their backstories. They're just these people who've decided to come together and pursue this common goal. Right. I mean, he could still have recruited them. Yeah. I feel like... You could have done an Ocean's Eleven recruitment where the whole recruitment is, like, five minutes. Yeah. Um. Because we do see Ryan Reynolds' character, like, recruit. So, one of their crew dies yeah, within the first, like, five or ten minutes of the movie. And so they need a new guy. Yeah. So Ryan Reynolds goes to recruit the new guy. So we do see him recruit uh, the new guy, the new number seven, or whatever it is. Um, oh no, because there's six, it's called Six Underground, but there's only five of them. There's six of them. There are six of them. But he's number seven because six is dead. Six died, right. Or whatever. Right. And so he's like, oh, I'm six now? And he's like, no, you're seven. Yeah. <laughs> so we would presume that if more of them died and they recruited more, you'd have like, you know, one, two, four, seven, nine, and twelve. Ninety-nine. <laughs> um, okay. So, this is a Michael Bay film. For mm-hmm. what, for whatever that means to you. I, th- I feel like to critics, it's like a, it's like a it's drag. A, it's a like, it's song, like. Yes. <sighs> what I, the point I'm going to make with that is. 
a different director and, you know, might take a script and say, we want to, you know, if we want to rush through, if we don't want to drag this movie out, because, I mean, we watched Bad Boys 2, right? That was a long movie. There's it a was lot of action. very long. So. It's like two hours and 45 minutes. So I'll give you like, a, so here's, here's the, what I'm getting at. We see, it's kind of a flashback. It's how they introduce all these characters. We see how their first mission went in, towards the, oh, the first part of the movie. Yeah. It's like a 20 minute chase scene. Right? Yeah. It's, a, like, it's just the whole thing is just so a car chase. Long. Now, <laughs> is it cool? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> is it action-y? Definitely. Is it Michael Bay? 100%. <laughs> a different director, again, if we had like a, a Steven Soderbergh, you know, Ocean's Eleven type of thing where it's like, oh, we're going to be more, you know, more efficient with how we're going to give the exposition of who these people are. You could be like, our first job, and then you see like super quick cut and whatever, and then like dude dies, and Ryan Reynolds is just like voiceovers like, didn't go so well. And yeah. then cuts it, and that's all they're, you get. It's and like, now their, he's like their first oh. job is like equivalent to in the Italian job. Like, right. that's how well it goes. <laughs> and that's about how it goes, because it's like a 20-minute yeah. car chase scene through like Italy and whatever. Yeah. Um, all that being said, if you wanted to cut that down, you easily could, I think. You could still, you could have the the... You could turn that whole 20 minutes or however long it was into like one minute. Yeah. And kind of almost make a joke about it. Be like, oh, it's funny, you know, and then and whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, that, that wasn't, that wasn't great. All right, well, here we are now. And he's like, yeah. oh, recruiting a new guy. Like, you yeah, know, the last guy, yeah. <laughs> um, and you could have. Again, kind of really briefly here, you know, this is the spy, this is the doctor, this is whatever, da, 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 and then that's it. Yeah. Again, it's just, it's Michael Bay. Like, he <laughs> isn't going to do that. Other directors might. Would it have been better? In some ways, yes. If we're just nitpicking. In other ways, if you are the kind of person that likes this, these types of movies, you're going to want to watch the 20-minute awesome car action sequence, right? Yeah. It does get a little excessive, I think. I mean, I don't think it's quite to the level of the big stagecoach Victorian pirate chase <laughs> sequence in Cutthroat Island. But it's kind of almost, you know, where you're just like, eh, this is more fun than that. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, is it necessary? I mean, there's, I mean, there's like an entire show at Disneyland that's like this. You know, yeah. like li live action camera something. It's uh -huh. like a motorsport thing where there's just cars zipping around yeah. like streets of Italy. <laughs> I just maybe and I feel it's like cool. Like it's fun to watch. I feel like Michael Bay's biggest problem is he goes not only over overboard with like how big the action is, like the looking at Transformers and stuff, mm -hmm. but just like how long and drawn out it gets. And the same thing, when they go, they do, like, a hostage extraction type mission to get the brother. So they want to overthrow this dictator, basically, yeah. in a made-up country in, you know, like, a, 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 what do you call it? You know, a coup. No, I mean, a, oh. like, a, a Soviet, a former Soviet state type country. Right? Yeah. 
former Soviet bloc nation in like Central Asia or whatever, you know, Central West Asia. Oh, for some reason I thought they were in like South America or something. No, they were like, it was called Turkestan. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, Turkmenistan and, okay. <laughs> and Uzbekistan and okay. Kazakhstan. The Those stands. are real countries. <laughs> so it's like in that part of the world, like south of Russia. They want to replace the dictator who runs this small country with his brother. His brother loves democracy and is going to help the people, we hope. I mean, whatever. So they need to get the brother out of house arrest, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, his, the evil dictator brother is like, I'm not going to kill my brother, but he's a threat to my power, so I'm going to keep him locked away. And so we get this, you know... Very Mission Impossible-esque kind of... Um, I mean, the difference here would be Tom Cruise would have, like, literally climbed the skyscraper instead of them, like, taking a crane over or whatever. But <laughs> that was a really long scene, too, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Like, it was a really long action sequence. And even when they get out, now they're like, oh, now we have to get away. And you have the parkour guy that's, like, being chased by the bad guys and... You know, this, the whole sappiness you were talking about where Ryan Reynolds is like, well, he's gone. See ya. You know, thanks for, thanks for the help, man. Like yeah. we, you know, we, we walk away when people are, you know, we have no loyalty. We're not a family. And of course, um, Corey Hawkins is like, at that man, like I'm not leaving a man behind. That's why I joined you. Cause I'm sick of losing my, you know, people from my military career. Really long scene, drawn out even after they get away, as I said. Um, again, like, artistic choices. Michael Bay, I guess, he just draws things out too much. <laughs> Is there a good movie here? Like, if you were to fix some of the flaws that people had with this movie, I think so. I don't think... And, and some people, reading just some comments really quick as we've been talking some people are like yeah it's a popcorn action movie what do you expect like it's exactly what i wanted it's what yeah. i expected it's great other people are like wow how is this movie so bad when the cast is so good like i like all these actors um so that's not a weakness again like the directing like i say it's hard it's like looking at a picasso and saying you don't like it because you know you like impressionist painting kind of thing. You like know, how they, I hate like modern art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's just not your cup of tea. That's fine. It doesn't mean it's a badly made movie. Is it nonsensical? Of course. Is Fast and the Furious Nine gonna be nonsensical? Of course. First of all, John Cena is Vin Diesel's brother. What? Anyway, <laughs> that's not yeah, important. Yeah, haven't seen the trailer. <laughs> My mind was like, wait. How does so that make this any sense? guy who's obsessed with family and taking care of your family has like a mysterious bro lost brother? Like, no. Also, this guy no. who's, who's like brown and vaguely ethnic, which Vin Diesel has always kind of just been all sorts of If you of haven't seen his short film, Multifacial, do it. Yeah. Um, or is it multiracial? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember either. I know you're talking anyway, about Anyway, watch it. Um... That guy is brothers with John Cena? What? I mean, it, whatever. You can tan John Cena. Well, I mean, I would presume they're half-brothers. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's their common parent is white, and then Vin Diesel's parent is whatever else. It is multifacial, by the way. Okay, so, anyway. Nonsensical action movies. People love them. 
it's kind of it's hard to it's hard to criticize them when they literally exist to be what they are. Yeah. Right? Like you can't fault it for being an entertaining, silly action movie when like that's what it's meant to be. Like they're not trying to win Oscars here. They're trying to entertain you for two hours. Right. And they're doing a good job of that. I think Michael Bay will ever win an Oscar. Are you looking I mean, at me because he has one or uh, <laughs> okay. no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, why are you giving me a look like I'm stupid? No, I was trying to think I was trying oh, it's um you know, I actually did get some feedback from people that I've known in real life who listened to some episodes of ours and so like Kung Pao Enter the Fist was one of our first episodes of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I made the point is like, yeah, it's a dumb, bad movie, but like, who cares? Like, yeah. It exists to be a dumb, bad movie. So in a sense, doesn't that make it good if it's trying to be what it ends up being? Yeah. And so it's like so many movies are bad version. I mean, Cats is a bad version of a movie that's trying to be a good movie. Right. I mean, they probably thought hey, musical, it's been, you know, every once in a while, you know, musicals get nominated for Oscars. This is, like, based on the most, you know, one of the longest-running, best-selling musicals in the world. How can we lose? Well, yeah, you did. <laughs> so, but 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 something like this, I mean, 88% of Google users liked it. The audience, the self-selecting audience that likes movies like this is going to watch movies like this. And it's great that it's a Netflix original. So Netflix is the perfect place for a movie like this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If Netflix kept making movies like this, they would have no problem continuing to have subscribers and loyalists. And honestly, and it they, they do kind a... of like at the end they kind of set it up for a potential sequel like, you know, the team is still together. Well, yeah. Essentially. Sure. So I mean, along with Spencer Confidential, I'd happily watch another movie of this team doing something. And I, in to my point earlier, it could actually be a better movie because we already have established who these characters are. Yeah. Man, this movie had a budget of $150 million. They blew up a lot of cars no, in this I, movie. I'm not shocked they had that. It's more <laughs> shocking that Netflix is like, yep, here's $150 million, go make a movie, and we're just going to... Throw it in our library with all the other stuff we have. I get they have to do that, but we've talked in the past about how Netflix is also the perfect place for the kind of mid-budget movies that don't really get made because they don't make a ton of movie money at the box office. You know, like mm -hmm. your, your rom-coms, your, you know, kind of medium-budget comedies and horror movies, horror movies etc. You know, you kind of have Bloomhouse has taken over the horror side of that. And said, yeah, we're going to make movies for $30 million that we can grind out, you know, a $50 million box office. Speaking of Blue Mouse, if you haven't million. listened to my mini-sode on Fantasy Island, you should do that. <laughs> okay. I'm just shocked that Netflix is like, yep, here you go, let's do it. So are you, despite the fact that we can't <laughs> I don't find... I know how I feel about this movie. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? No, no. I've you obviously like it. I've almost, I've almost talked myself into liking it less, which I'm like, I don't know, because it's been a few days since we watched it, right? Yeah. And so I've, you know, kind of thinking and whatnot, 
I I mean, yeah, I'm okay with it. If they mean this, I would put this probably in the same as yeah. So this Spencer Confidential murder mystery, right? Mm -hmm. All Netflix originals, all kind of around that same like thirty-five to forty percent on these critical sites. You know, most people don't like them or think they're not that great, but they're not awful. But they're just not good. Is the consensus? Yeah. And all three of them, I'm like, they're fun, and they're enjoyable, especially if you're married to a woman who likes watching bad movies. Hey! What? I've made you watch, like, way worse movies than this. And sometimes, most of the time, I watch them by myself because I know you're going to hate them. I only make you watch the ones I think you might like. Okay. The point is, if this is your cup of tea, by all means, watch it. And if Netflix is going to keep making sequels to those three movies, great. Fine. Like, I will watch them. You will wa we'll watch them. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Just don't necessarily expect... I mean, there is reason. I, I guess what I'm saying is there is reason for some of the hate. Right? Yeah, I mean, I It's guess. not that this is a great movie that is I just don't, unfairly I, being... I well, think it is, though. Okay. I think because it's directed by Michael Bay, I think it's getting good. a lot of undeserved flack. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. You know what? I agree. Because I'm going to go back to what I originally said. If this, was, if this was a Mission Impossible movie, and you replaced the entire cast, but you had a very similar script, and you had very similar action, maybe, maybe edited a little differently and cut down and stuff. If this was Mission Impossible, I don't think people would hate this movie. So I guess that's my consensus. Yeah, this is unfairly underrated. It's not like it's a five-star movie or anything. No. It's not a great movie. But it's not garbage. It's not a terrible <laughs> movie. No, it's... Okay. I gotta ask some people I work with that like movies what they thought of it. Get the, you know, the common man. Yeah. Common man perspective, so... Thank you for listening to this week's episode of One Star Bazaar. As always, please reach out to us on social media to let us know what you think or what you'd like us to review next. Please rate and review as it lets us know you're listening, and we sincerely appreciate the feedback. Next week, we'll review the 1999 remake of a 1963 film based on a book from 1959. Really? Yeah. Really? The Haunting. The Haunting. The Haunting. <laughs>